Welcome to, to the Red Alert podcast. Um, Cindy, listen, we came back from last week or, you know, they beat Calgary. They beat Edmonton on the road. They lose to Seattle, which it was just a bet. It was not even like a bad game. It was just one of those games that nothing could go right. And then they play the Washington Capitals and the unlikely hero that's been the unlikely hero this whole Western Canada this whole road trip, pretty much, Pew Suter. I don't know what has happened to this guy. I don't know if he's drinking the water that, um, that the water, like, some kind of mystical water that has turned him into, a, like, a freaking Wayne Gretzky clone. <laughs> he's, he's drinking the water that I'm looking at right now in sunny Florida, Joe, while all of you are freezing to death in the frozen ice-covered tundra. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at palm trees and beautiful blue water and, uh, right up from, uh, Tampa Bay and, um, yeah, it couldn't be, it couldn't get any better than this. Really. Now you now you mentioned Florida. We need, I, the city of Detroit, the state of Michigan is asking for you to perform your miracle on the state of Florida in behalf of the Red Wings, you know, on behalf of the Red Wings and go to a game and root for them to win. And if they, and it. Every time you root for a team to win and you're there, they lose. So we're good. <laughs> Come on now. That's not true. Look, I came down here and when I said, was it a couple of years ago, and the Red Wings were on a, in a bad way, and I said, they're going to play the Florida Panthers. I'm going to be there. And, Joe, I'm going to be there. They're going to beat the Florida Panthers in Sunrise. And sure enough, if it didn't happen because I was at that game rooting for the Red Wings. But here's what I'm going to do. You got lucky. I am. I'm going to try to smooth my mojo over Tampa Bay Lightning so that they can defeat either the Washington Capitals if they come to town, if they can defeat the Florida Panthers, if they can defeat anybody who's in the way of the Detroit Red Wings getting that last wild card spot. I'm going to be rooting for the for the Lightning. Conversely, I am going to be, even though my, I got to tell you, it's hard for me, Joe, it's hard for me to go in against the Florida Panthers only because they have been so good to me. Every time I have gone there, uh, the Panthers organization has been fantastically hospitable to me. They usually text me before I even know I'm in the state of Florida. They know I'm here and, um, and they've been really great. So that's going to be tough, but I bleed red wings red. So that's just the way it's going to be. That's, that's how, that's how it has to be. But you know what, Cindy, that's right. Going on to that, um, I'm not really focused on the last wild card spot because I want to avoid the last wild card spot because of who is going to be playing the last wild card spot. The Boston Bruins. I would yeah. like to, I would like to get that second wild card spot. So let's win some games, boys, and try to avoid the the you know the Boston Bruins who are just they're unreal, like they're unbelievable. It's it's absolutely nuts. You know what, though, I got to tell you, and I still feel this way, and I said this a few shows ago, I just have a feeling that the Boston Bruins are not going to go the distance. I I don't know why. I just feel like they're not. I don't know if they're going to get overconfident. I don't know. Something's going to happen. And I'll tell you, you know what? I kind of like the idea of the Wings playing the Bruins because you know what? That way you get – because I'll tell you why. Because you get the pain out of the way early if you're going to lose, and if you win – it's a miracle on you ride ice. That, you ride that, that. You ride that momentum all the way. You bet. You bet. They defeat the the Boston Bruins 
everybody's going to be afraid of these guys moving forward. So I actually like that last wild card spot, and I like them going up against the Bruins because one way or the other, you're all in or you're all out, and it uh, gets done early. So I, I, I don't know. We'll see. But I'll tell you what, I don't care right. which spot they get. I just want them. I want the Detroit Red Wings to be in the playoffs because I think they have proven, especially over this last, you know, this uh, – Northern Canada trip over this last week yeah, or and a half or so Canada. that they they've proven that they deserve to be there. They really do. And uh, boy, they've got that depth scoring going on. You mentioned, you know, Pew Suter, uh, mm-hmm. a couple other guys that you just don't normally hear from. Matter of fact, Ozzy the other day even said in his in the broadcast, the post game show or post game broadcast, he said, you know, we're talking about guys we don't normally talk about. And uh, isn't that a great thing? I think that is a tremendous testament to the work that the Red Wings have done and to what Derek Lalonde has done uh, with this set of talent that he's got. Yeah, you know what? I look at this Red Wings team, and it it, it kind of reminds me of another team I do a podcast on, the Detroit Lions. You know what? I, I've i come to the conclusion, Cindy, I needed to do more podcasts on some of these teams because it seems like whatever team I do a podcast on, the Lions, the Red Wings, <laughs> they, they start off like to where they want – you want to pull out your hair and listen, I don't, yeah. need, I don't need to pull out all my hair. That's that, that wouldn't be good. And I don't think Jenna would um, like that either, but no, she wouldn't appreciate that because <laughs> then she couldn't run her fingers through it and enjoy it. But every team that <laughs> every team I've done a podcast for, here's what they've done. They've started off so slow and it's like, this team is better than that. You know, the, I, like you, I was saying for both teams, the lions and the red wings, I was like, this team is better than they played. And everyone was like, oh, you're just stupid. And you don't know what you're talking about. And lo and behold, the Lions make a run. And now the Red Wings make a run. And I think, you know, all the credit goes to Coach Alone. I think Coach Alone, the way he has held this team together with all the injuries they had to start the year and the, you know, issues of Raymond and Sider having their little sophomore slump and, They've just turned it on to another level, and they're playing the way that I think Coach Alone likes because they're not just playing offensively good. They're playing defensively good. And one of the players that I kind of want to highlight, he it was his first game yesterday, but he saved a goal in a crucial time of the game, and that was Jacob Verana. And Jacob Verana is not known for uh, defensive hockey, if you would say. Like, he's not going to win a Selkie anytime soon. But right. what, he, what he did do in that, that – it was a two-on-one – and he he raced back and he and he did a good stick check on I think it was Oshier, Shiri or one of the Capitals, but it, the, he would have had a wide open net to shoot. So that was a great play by uh, Verana. And and listen, those are the type of plays that if you have good coaching, you kind of recognize that like okay that that was a coaching type move where these players are buying into the philosophy that Coach Alone has, and they're buying into the way that he wants them to play. Well, and he said as much too in his post-game interview. Uh, he said, you know, he was really proud of the defensive hockey, their discipline and their adherence to defensive, playing defensive hockey. And he was so, you could just tell that, that that was a point of pride for him. And also where I believe he feels the the path forward uh, into the playoffs and beyond is for this team is to adopt that style and to stay disciplined to it. So, I think you're right. And I, you know, I got to tell you, I was thinking about the other day, uh, you were so adamant that this team was going to, was going to make a run. And I know you caught a lot of flack for that and you alluded to it, but 
But I got to tell you, I want to know, Joe, without disclosing any of your secret guru secrets, really, how did you know? You said you saw it in their play. I want to know how you knew. Well, I think you look at it two ways. I mean, like, there there was things that they were doing that you're like, okay, there's opportunities for them to capitalize on what they're doing. Like, for instance, like, when I was watching that Islanders-Red Wings game in January, right before the All-Star break, I seen, I saw some, I, I saw a little bit of things that could uh, propel this team to win games. Like, I it wasn't an offensive show case because no one scores goals against the Islanders. That's one of the things that the Islanders do really well. And they probably have a guy in the league in, in the goal. He's probably going to be in the Vezina's race. That's Sorokin, Elias Sorokin. He's got 16 shutouts on the year. So if you think that that was just a, a coincidence that you were playing them and you got shut out against them, it is not. He's, actually one of the he's one of the better goaltenders this year and if he gets islanders in the playoffs he's probably going to win the vesna and i think he should win the vesna no matter what but the way that they're playing in those couple games before the all-star break i was like okay they came out of the all-star break they played edmonton and i was like i like the way that they're playing Connor mcdavid they're attacking him they're not letting him you know dictate the game and one of the things i could always say to people is when you go against a star player like a Connor mcdavid like a Sidney Crosby, like an Alexander Ovechkin. The one thing that most of them, except Ovi, Ovi is the one, he's the one head case that he, literally you could throw every, anything at him and he's he's ready to go. But Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby, every the way to frustrate them is by playing physical on them, playing on-brand hockey and being defensive against them. And I liked what they did in that game. Ultimately, they lost that game at home. But, like, I saw glimpses of what that team could be if they translate that same defensive game plan that they had against Connor McDavid and they take it to other teams. Because if you take that to other teams, there's no Connor McDavid on the other side who is going to be the full, whole vocal point. I mean, mm-hmm. that's yeah. gonna, that's the only player in the league that you hope he just gets one point. Like, it's kind of sad to say, like, you hope he gets one point because the guy gets – he gets points in bunches. I mean, if you look on FanDuel, any betting app, he's always a point and a half kind of guy to be betted on. So if you bet if you bet on him to go over, he gets two points or three points or four points or five points. Guy's unreal. If you could take that same game plan that you have against Conor McDavid and apply it to other players across the league, other teams across the league that are less talented, it'll work. And that's what they've done. That's exactly what they've done. Well, and you can't argue that the other teams are, you can say they're less talented than I see your point, but man, I mean, they came up against Edmonton. I mean, you've got some serious talent there. Um, You've, you know, they came up against um, who else did they, I mean, Calgary even Um, they they had a couple of real good runs on very, very good teams. They have some teams. Okay. Edmonton is a type of team they're offensive laden team, right? They don't have much defense and they're not really that great defensively, but offensively, they're going to they're going to run try to run you, they're going to try to run the ice and try to, you know, score goals at a premium. That's that's their name of their game. You win against Calgary and Calgary is a different team. They are the they are the polar opposite of the Edmonton Oilers. They like to play defense. So to right. beat them back in a back-to-back situation after winning in a shootout at Edmonton and then going down the road to Calgary, 
that shows me everything I need to know about this team because it's two types of hockey that you got to play against these two teams. I mean, you're not just playing one type of hockey against Calgary and one type of hockey against uh, Edmonton. I mean, both of them supply a different kind of way they play the game. And that's that's really something that you can look at and go, okay, they can apply that against other teams. They're going to win because Calgary is in the thick of the playoff race too, and they got a, they got a pretty good team. So defensively, the way that they play defensively, it's a five-man unit, and they play defensive hockey. They're not gonna, you know, not, they're not gonna score because they're missing Johnny Goudreau and they're missing Kachuk, to be honest. And Huberdeau, who they traded for in the Kachuk deal, he's been an absolute disaster. So, yeah, they're they're just playing defensive hockey. Edmonton's the polar opposite. They're just like Toronto. I mean, they'll run you up and down the ice, try to score goals, and if you frustrate them, you have every chance to win because that's the one thing that these Canadian teams besides Calgary really don't get is you need both phases of hockey to win. And you look at the Detroit Red Wings and they're playing both phases. Of, they could score five goals in one game or they can win a game three, one. That's the mark of a great team. I mean, you'd love to be the Boston Bruins and just run rough rush shot through everyone, but that's just not the way it goes. Well, one thing that I see that I think is a real positive coming out of this last couple of weeks uh, and running into the next couple of weeks. Cause I think they've kind of got a tough schedule coming up. I mean, everybody knows, I mean, they're going to play Toronto. They're going to play uh, New York. They're going to play um, uh, Vegas. They're going to play, um, they're going to play Boston in, in yep. the beginning of March or middle March. Yeah, they got a back to back on with Boston. Yep. Um, but what I like about the position that the wings are in right now is They've got that C word going on. You love to use it. Confidence, confidence. This is a huge, they are riding high right now on that confidence. I just really hope that that can carry them through for certainly the next, this little two home game stretch here, because we really need to beat both of these next two teams to really have them now have the standings reflect the quality of their play, you know, get them up there into that playoff race solidly. And then, they're they're going to feel like contenders when they have to come up against Boston. So, um, you know, and, and not to mention some of the other teams as well, Toronto and so on. So um, that's what I like about the position of the wings right now is I like the fact that they're confident. I like the fact that they were able to win without Dylan Larkin, who has been, I don't care what anybody says, he's been absolutely stellar probably. And, and uh, Chris Osgood said this yesterday as well, that, that, Dylan Larkin is probably the best player in the NHL uh, following the, the all-star break. So um, that's pretty high praise coming from a guy like Chris Osgood. Uh, He doesn't give it out often or he doesn't give it out lightly. So I think that's shut up all the deniers right now on Dylan Larkin and the wings were able to, you know, enjoy his continued success. He's continuing to do very, very well. And they're, they're winning without him too. So it gives them confidence there. And here's what you got to like about the way Dylan Larkin's playing. I mean, it's not just Chris Osgood. I mean, I heard the people on the Spin Chicklets said, what, what's happened to Dylan Larkin? Like, he's turned into – he must have heard everyone saying that he is not a first-line center, and he's saying, F you, I am. And it's like – He's sick of that. He's sick of that talk, and, and uh, he just says, I'm going to show you what a stud I really am. And it's, it's crazy because he doesn't have your typical first-line wingers. I think that's what – really sets this team apart right now is they don't have those, uh, you know, first-line wingers that you see on some of the other teams like the Boston Bruins or the Carolina Hurricanes or 
you know, name it Eastern Conference team. I mean, he just doesn't have the luxury like some of those players have. But what they do has do have is they have a lot of depth, and I think that's what's really bringing them through. I mean, it's not just one player that they rely on. I mean, obviously Larkin they rely on the offensive of output and his defensive play, but I mean, there's been guys like Suter that's that's you know came in. Even Robert Hag scored a goal yesterday. I mean, that's just it's a mark of a good team when everyone's contributing. It doesn't have to be just one person. Obviously, you would love to have a guy like David Poshnock or or, or someone like that. You you know, but it just if you could play good as a team and you have a guy that uh, inspires the team to be good, and that's what Dylan Larkin does. Because if you listen to the interviews after the game. They all said the same thing that they they felt when Larkin went out that it was their duty to not let him down and go win the game, and that's exactly what they did. Well, and you know who's really showing his value as well. Um, and I know he's kind of was in a little bit of a, a slump there for a while, but David Perron has really been that that veteran yeah. presence and that inspirational. I mean, he's been inspiring those guys on the bench. I've been hearing about it about how instrumental David Perron is being in terms of stepping up and being a support to um, Dylan Larkin, where we kind of thought maybe cop would be that guy, but, but it turns out that Perron is just being really, really instrumental in the, in helping these guys with the psychological aspects of the game. And he's seen it all. Right. So, I mean, um, it, what a value you see at these times for those type of guys that people go, Oh, he's getting old, all this, all that, you know, he's not contributing here or what do you do that for? there's a reason Stevie does everything. And I, I believe that David Perron is really showing uh, at this time, exactly one of the reasons why he was brought here. Wasn't just brought here for his ability on power play. And he wasn't just brought here to be a penalty killer. I mean, he was brought here to be that veteran presence and you're seeing the value of that now. So thank God for that. And like you said, a pew suitor and some of the other elements of this team that Never. maybe you don't talk about all the time, right? That are really stepping up and making a big, big difference. You mentioned David Perron. That's the that's one of the players that I was going to kind of harp on, uh, not harp on, but highlight. And I love what you said about you know the leadership for Larkin, like to learn off of, because one of the things that I've heard throughout that whole team is like Perron's been saying like he remembers when they were the, in the last place in the Western Conference and they made a run and they started winning games and they they became that Stanley Cup team and then when they got to the playoffs no one expected anything but they still did what they were doing in the se- the regular season and they actually they made that run that you were talking about the Stanley Cup run where they won the Stanley Cup Ryan O'Reilly yep. David Perron or Robbie Fabry was on that team I believe uh, Sunquist and Wallman were on that team. So that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like it, people were, they were harping on David Perron's age when he came, right? They're saying yep. oh, David Perron came here. He's older in the tooth. I don't think Stevie Y brought him in to be a consistent goal scorer. I think what he brought him in to help with is leadership. And I don't think that you can undeny it. You know, I don't think you can deny that. You know, one of the things the Lions did with their leadership is they brought a guy in like Jamal Williams that would play for the Green Bay Packers. They brought a guy in from uh, L.A. who didn't play much, but his name was Michael Brockers, and he was a he was a defensive leader, even though he wasn't even playing. I mean, these are what good GMs do. They bring in leadership for their young players to learn off of because if you've never been in this spot, how do you know what to do? And if you have a guy that, right. if you have a guy that's been in that spot, you can lean on him and be like, okay, what do I do here? 
And D- Dave Brown is such a good guy. And he's just a, he's a, he's a, he's been in winning situations. That he'll be like, this is what you need to do. Him and Larkin will talk and everything. He can talk to Sunquist and about you know win winning and all that stuff. They have players on the roster that they could talk to that are they might be veterans, but they're they're leaders too. Ben Sherat, uh, David Perron, you know all these guys. And the one guy, well, sure. And the one and guy, one the, and what the other thing too, Joe, is what they're saying is what these guys are saying to these these young guys who haven't been in this spot before. They're saying, hey, guys, we've been here. We we've been there, done that. We have been in this spot, and it can be done. And that's giving them something very important. And they've been talking about this as well. Some of the sportscasters and others is that they now believe it. They're yeah. actually giving these guys not just confidence because confidence is part of it, but they are now believing that they can actually do this, that it's actually possible. Yeah. It's one thing that I said, and I said it three years ago, and I remember saying it when I was at LCA to 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 one of the staff members there. I said, you know, I said, the reality is that the Red Wings, they need to win the game in their head, in their mind, before they step on the ice. Because what's happening is they're defeating themselves mentally before they even step on the ice. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. They've already defeated themselves. That's your number one opponent is always your own self-criticism or your own self, uh, you know, understanding or whatever, or thought about where you are and what you're capable of. And David Perron and a lot of these other guys that you mentioned are changing that. And that's where you got to win the game first. You got to win the game in your head before you can win it on the ice. And that's exactly one of the key, key components that I think is going to propel this team up and into the playoffs. Yeah. Here's the thing about what you just said about the confidence. I mean, you know, it's tough as hell uh, when you play a sport and you're on a losing streak, but winning games and, you know, winning consistently is like something like, it just makes you feel better. It makes you go out and, and, and there's new things that you do in your game that try to, to try to make it, you know, make the winning streak last longer. I mean, when you're losing, you're gripping your stick a little too tight. You're trying to figure out what's going wrong. You're in your own head sometimes. I think having veteran leadership like David Perron, like Sunquist, who have been in that spot before, they're gonna be like, "Listen, no, you just just go play your game. Don't be too hard on yourself. Don't grip the stick tight, because that's when you that's when you lose the, the game." And I love I love what you said about the the game in the head, because a lot of teams don't really know that, and it's gonna be the same thing for the Maple Leafs, um, this playoff season, like them getting Ryan O'Reilly from the blues was yeah that could be a game changer obviously they need defense but having a guy like ryan o'reilly who guy who has been on a cup team who has been a first liner on a cup team that's absolutely huge because he's been in that spot and that's one of the biggest things that you could say about a team is when you have guys that have been in that spot they they distribute confidence and calmness in the room and that's that's the biggest thing oh it it can be huge it can be every bit as important as the actual physical execution because the reality is when you win that game in your head first you've already played it out you've already you believe it you've done it so often you believe it and then when what happens is when you go to physically execute it it just happens it's a natural flow and they have to continue that going forward um like you brought up the toronto maple leafs perfect example people want to know why did the toronto maple leafs never make it to to the Stanley Cup finals, right? They never win a cup. 
They they always make it into the playoffs, it seems, but you know, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. They yep. can never seem to get there. Can't get out of and the first I round. think it's right. And I think the part of the reason has got to be, and this is where I say Ryan O'Reilly may be a game changer, yes, from his his actual play, but also the way that he thinks, because I I have to believe that there's a certain amount of energy that's ingrained in the Toronto uh, locker room and yep. probably in in the fan base and everybody in Toronto that oh this is where we get stopped every year yeah naturally we're gonna get stopped here again where Ryan O'Reilly is coming in saying hey I'm a hometown kid but I've had this experience in St. Louis and let me tell you it doesn't have to be that way we gotta get he's got to get him over that psychological yep. barrier right and um, not that I want Toronto to win it all but it's just a perfect way to illustrate where the mind the mindset absolutely translates into um, the actual physical execution. And I'm really hoping that that shift in the karma, that shift in the mojo, whatever that's going on with the Red Wings will continue forward. And I really believe that when you got guys like Perron, you've got guys like, um, you know, cop got guys like you got guys that just, can help with that because they've been there and they also have the credibility that that those other guys believe it they're like yeah they're not just talking they're just not talking they're they're doing what they've they've done what they are talking about so yeah yeah let's hope that that's enough to propel them forward because it's going to be a little bit of a a rough go they're they're they've got some stiff competition coming up but uh, i believe they're up to it i really do i think they're up to it too i think that um the new york game i think if you can get okay you play new york and tampa Ottawa twice, and then you play Seattle. I think if you can get out of those first four, I think if you can get uh, probably five or six points out of a possible eight, you're golden. You're making the playoffs. Guaranteed. Well, and, and I'll tell you, they got to win one of these two games at home. One of these two games coming up at home, they have to win, not just because where it puts them in the standings and, and how it works out statistically, but again, from an emotional, from a mental just, mindset. Yeah, exactly. No, I they've got to win one of these. I think if you, I think if you can win one, great. You win two, and you go to Ottawa for back to back. You're gonna that spells uh that spells that you're about to make some headway real quick, and you got four games. Oh in, yeah, you got four games in hand over everyone else. So, yep, that would be absolutely. Well, continues. Ideal continues to feed what what i what i've always talked about it's always been it's kind of like my mantra they should probably tattoo it on me somewhere and that is momentum the power of momentum and that is what the wings have going on for them they've got the confidence they've got the belief that's feeding into the momentum and that momentum is going to hopefully propel them uh deeper into the playoffs than anybody would have expected in my mind it's almost a foregone conclusion that they're going to make the playoffs now um because that momentum is very difficult to stop once it gets going good or bad. And right now the, the wings are on a tremendous uh, riding a tremendous wave of that momentum. And I see it carrying them forward, certainly into that wild card spot, securing them a playoff spot. And it would not surprise me one bit. It really wouldn't. And I think we're, we're ripe for a Cinderella story here. And that's what I'm saying. I would love to see them have that last spot and beat Boston because it, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the 1980 team, which you know I love, and you know I love Herb Brooks, right? And he says, you know, the legs feed the wolf. Well, I kind of feel the same way about your mindset. Your mindset feeds your your uh, your performance in a lot of ways. But 
they won. They didn't even beat the Russians to win the gold medal in 1980, right? They that wasn't even the the gold medal round. But winning, beating the Russians was more important, and not more important, but it was more meaningful than even winning the gold medal. Uh, that was the story, and I think it could be the same thing for the Red Wings. They're they're primed for it, and um, they beat Boston. They're going to go all the way. I mark it on your right now on your calendar that I said. If that is the scenario and they beat Boston in the first round, they will win the Stanley Cup. That's a that's a bold claim. That is a bold ta- a bold claim, but I, I'm telling you, I believe that that is the case. If if that's the scenario that occurs, uh, you heard it here first. Well, here, here's <laughs> here's what I'll say about that. Uh, Otherwise I'm just I'm just crazy. You know, I'm just <laughs> I'm just out of my mind, Homer crazy. That's all. No, here, here's what I'll say to that. I think I think if you're any last place team, not last place, but last team to get in the playoffs, I think yeah. when, you, when you go against a team that's, you know, number one in the conference or what, I think that most times if you win that, you go pretty far in the playoffs no matter how, how you slice it. I mean, in the NFL, it happens all the time where a seven seed will go in. When it, there was seven seeds, now there's eight. But when there was a seven seed, like he would, they would go into the divisional round and they would win a game that they had no business winning, and then somehow you get the Giants in the Super Bowl, and they're winning the Super Bowl. You know, it was the LA Kings the year that they came flashing from out 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 of out of nowhere, where you know they were the eighth seed and they upset the first seed, and they went on to win the cup. Same with the Blues. I mean, I don't know who they beat in the first round. I'm I forget, I'm forgetting, but they went they win that series against the top team in the conference, and it just spreads fire through the team. I mean. Yeah, if you beat a team like the Boston Bruins in round one, that's a tough ass team uh, to beat. Obviously, you you would say, oh, okay, if they can beat the Boston Bruins, they're going to be going pretty far. It, we got a lot of time to get to that spot, but anything's possible when you get to the playoffs and you win a round against the best team in the conference. I mean, that just shows you this team is pretty damn good. Because you're not beat you're, in the playoffs, you're not beating a team on luck or uh, lucky plays. You got to win four games in, out of a possible seven. It doesn't matter how you win them; you just got to win them. Absolutely, and I think one of the next things we're going to talk about in the next segment, Joe, for transitioning right here is yep. another clever segue. Is you got to win those four games, and I think we can make a strong case for. In order to really win them, in order to have your best chance, you got to hold on to Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah, it's not just that. There's also a, a wrinkle into that because I think that people are missing the boat when they think about this. Because I'm – listen, you know me, Cindy. I'm I'm a draft pick whore. But <laughs> – Yeah, you are. <laughs> we will get – listen, that's going to be the next segment. I'm going to profess my feelings on Tyler Bertuzzi and why they should keep him, and I'm willing to give up not getting anything for him if he leaves in free agency. So we'll get that. We'll, we'll get to that next. That's bold. Welcome back to Red Alert. I'm your host, Joe Chap, along with my co-host, Cindy Berry. And now, Cindy, you know me. I am a draft pick whore. You are. I mean, I mean, I, you know. It's a dirty word, Joe, you, you, but it's you got, very you got, true. Sometimes you gotta admit when you are um, 
you're just you're just you're just you're just out there you know slaving trying to get some picks and that's all it, all it is to it but i have the same mindset that i have with the lions in terms of their draft picks like i feel like i got the better i got a gm who it doesn't matter we got picks to you know we got a lot of picks in this draft coming up and there's this feeling you know when when Elliot Freeman reported that uh, Tyler Bertuzzi was taken off the trade block and uh, the, the Rebels aren't focused on trading him right now. I've seen this rhetoric come out, and I think it's pretty dangerous uh, for Rebels fans. First of all, if you go out and you say that, you know, them not trading Tyler Bertuzzi and not getting nothing in return for them just to make the playoffs is, is bad for the franchise, you're not looking at the full picture. Now, listen, I love draft picks. Cindy can Cindy can attest to this. I I am a self-acclaimed draft pick whore. But oh yes. But here I'm not I don't want the draft picks. I don't want the draft picks. I want to keep Tyler Bertuzzi and hopefully we can get in the playoffs and that will spread more things through the franchise than what a second round pick, a third round pick will. I mean, let's be honest right now, if you go get a third round pick, he's not gonna be ready for three, four years. What you do with yep. this what you do with this season could could carry over to next season. Even if Tyler Bertuzzi is not here, he's gone. You have shown teams, you have shown players that are in, in the free agency market that you're ready to win. Yeah, you're you could be like you could be the finishing touch to our team. You have shown that you can get to the playoffs. You have given the Red Wings players who are younger, like the Rasmussen's, like the uh like the Dylan Larkins, like the Tyler Bertuzzi's, like the Ciders, and pr- perhaps Raymond when he comes back, playoff experience, that's key. And I think that's worth more than a measly third-round, second-round draft pick. Be- and and if you're one of these people that think you're going to get a first-round pick for Tyler Bertuzzi, shut up. You're dumb as a box of rocks. You're not getting, right. a, you're not getting a first-round pick for this guy. It's like, this, it's like with Lions fans. Lions fans saw it forever. They're like, we can get a first-round pick for TJ Hawkinson. Well, you got a second-round pick and a, and a third-round pick. That's what you got. I mean, it, it, you're not going to get a first-round pick. First-round picks are valuable, especially in this draft coming up, where first-round picks are totally valuable, and, and everyone wants to keep that first-round pick. That's why if you're a team like the Blues, they're talking about running and taking their three first-round picks they got from the trades that they did and cashing in on Timo Meyer. A team like San Jose is going to be all over that type of stuff. So that's why the first-round picks are going to be so valuable. And no, you're not going to first-round pick for Tyler Bertuzzi. I agree. I don't think you are either. And I'll tell you, one of the things that the Wings are doing that I really do like, um, because you you can't talk about Tyler Bertuzzi or some of these other deals that are being made without talking about the fact that both Tyler Bertuzzi and Dylan Larkin both have unresolved contracts. They're both going to be – free agents and um what does that mean and you know there's been just a lot of distractive talk regarding contracts and i'm glad that they're setting that aside for now because it's not important right now and i i think this is your team this is your team you're going into the playoffs with and if things roll right uh you've got a real shot uh to get to get farther than anyone thought you would and i believe that tyler bertuzzi has more value with the organization at this stage of the game, then he would uh, what you'd get to trade him away. I don't think you're going to get the value for him. I think he's, he's got more value in terms of being kind of a, 
it's sort of one of those things like it's um you know they say i'd rather the you know the devil you know rather than the devil you don't know and that is that you know what you've got with tyler bertuzzi they're very familiar with him they're very Mm -hmm. familiar with his role on this team what he can contribute where his weaknesses are and i think they would rather go with that than try to make a trade for someone who you don't know how they're going to fit they might be a performer elsewhere but you don't know how they're going to work with with the collection of guys you got right now you don't know how their particular skill set is going to fit in you know you know i i just think they're they would rather just go with what they know and what they know they've got because i think what they've got is actually going to be respectable enough uh to to put them in a better place than again like than anyone really thought so i think that's why you hold on to tyler bertuzzi you know what you've got He's a great guy for the locker room. He's very well liked. Um, you just, you know, people want to underplay that. Like, we don't care if the guy's a, you know, nice guy. You know, he's not doing what we need him to do, or you know, he's he's we're done with him or whatever. But there's a whole lot more going on to it than that, and I believe that he's got more value just staying tight. And I think that's what they're gonna do. I listen. I agree with you 100. Here's where I I'm gonna deviate from it. I think what Stevie Y did doing uh, taking Tyler Bertuzzi off the trading block. If you're a general manager and you come to Tyler, you come to Stevie Y and say, "I want Tyler Bertuzzi." Guess what? You're gonna have to pay an arm and a leg, and you're have to get, a, get an, you're probably gonna have to give up a roster player to get Tyler Bertuzzi. If a team is desperate enough to where they would give up a roster player, like let's say Dallas calls right, and they're like, "Listen, we don't want to do this, but..." We're gonna give up one of our guys, uh, one of our top guys, to to give get Tyler Bertuzzi. Okay, maybe, you know, if maybe if Edmonton calls and they go, we'll give you um, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and like a second round pick. You'd probably take it. It depends on what the, the value is, and, and that, I think what Stevie White put himself in position to do is if a team does call on Tyler Bertuzzi, he could be like, all right, don't waste my time. I'm not going to give you Tyler Bertuzzi for a draft pick. You're going to have to give me a roster player and a draft pick, and let's see where the cards may fall. And I don't care about Tyler Bertuzzi. If if he walks in free agency because he wants an exorbitant amount of money in in his contract, fine. That's that's the risk I'm willing to take. And I think Stevie Y is, is weighing the pros and the cons to what a playoff run could do I mean, you don't. Ha- you could go and lose in the first round, but you're getting playoff experience for the guys that have never had playoff experience. I think that's valuable, and it's also valuable for when Stevie Y goes in the free agency this year. He can be like, "Listen, we were this far away from the playoffs. You can take us to the next step," because the reality is, players want to come to winning situations, and when they see a team that's on the cusp that they can come and be a part of, it's the same thing with the Lions. Like the Lions are going to be big free yeah. agents. Big free agent players because when you when you showed at the end of the year that you are a team that's ready to take the next step, you just need talent, more talent. There's gonna be guys that are gonna be like, okay, I'm coming because I think I can make the difference, and you guys get into the playoffs and winning some playoff series or perhaps a Stanley Cup. That's that's that's, that is what people think. Like if it's a Lions player that's coming, you know, let's say it's the guy like like a Levante Davies coming to the Lions and. He wants he th- he knows that deep in his heart the reason he signed here number one would be because 
he knows he's going to win here, and he knows he can be a part of a winning culture, and that's what players really value. They're not going to take the money just to take the money for a losing situation. They don't want to be stuck in that situation. So you're you're going to – getting to the playoffs is more valuable than getting a third-round pick for Tyler Bertuzzi. Oh, for sure, for sure. And the thing is that uh, – a couple of things, too. They make it deep into the playoffs along with all of the other benefits that you talked about, you know, Steve can then say, now my, my, I have even higher value players. Yeah. They might, I might have to pay more for them too, but probably not because a lot of these guys are going to be willing to take a, the hometown discount or they're really willing to take a, a more reasonable number to go with a team that just almost made it. And now just like the Lions, it's the same kind of dynamic, right? They're like, all right, I'll stick around. Cause I think, we've got a chance to do it next year. We were so close this year or we're, we're better than we thought we were going to be or whatever. So the mindset is it's going to make these guys want to stay. And that's the other thing you got to have guys who want to be here. One of the things I've been watching lately is Patrick Kane. And quite frankly, anybody who knows Patrick Kane or has had any interaction with he, he, the guy's a jerk. Okay. He just is. Um, that's who he is. Okay, fine. Talented, no doubt, but a jerk. And he's been very clear that there's only two teams that he really wants to go to. So let's just say in some kind of bizarre alternate reality, right? You could do a trade for Tyler Bertuzzi and, and, and maybe a couple other things and you could get Patrick Kane. I wouldn't want him. I wouldn't want him because not only is he a jerk, but he also doesn't want to come here. He wouldn't, he said as much, he, he only wants to go to two different teams. So why would you even want a guy like that? So you want guys that want to stay. You're absolutely right, Joe. They want to win. You know, sometimes we think we see these huge salaries and we think, oh, gosh, you know, if I was making five or ten million dollars a year, I, I don't care if I win or not. That's not true. You look at it in your daily life and your, your regular job, right? You're making 50 grand, 100 grand, whatever you make doesn't matter. The point is that how many of us have worked, have walked away from jobs that paid more because we were miserable there? Yeah. There you go. So, right. And you're willing to take less somewhere else that you have more higher job satisfaction. Well, if you're a professional athlete, how much job satisfaction is there when you're losing all the time versus taking a chance at maybe getting the one thing you've worked your entire life since you were a kid for the reason you do this. And if the Red Wings can represent that there is a possibility that that culture exists, not to mention the fact, by the way, the Red Wings are probably one of the premier organizations to work for. Everybody talks about how they do everything first class. That's the experience you want when you go to work for somebody. So I think that Stevie Y is setting the stage to make the Detroit Red Wings not only someplace that people want to stay, which will help him retain the players he wants to keep at a reasonable price, but also it's a place where people want to, he's making it a place people want to go to. And so that also gives him more leverage. And so, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a brilliant move that way. That's all the, those are some of those things we talk about, right? The intangibles, those intangibles are more valuable than people think. And Stevie Y is playing it beautifully. Yeah. I think it's, I think what you have to look at if you're, you're Stevie Y, I mean, Listen, you can winning. You could win, right? And like you just said, with Patrick Kane, there's pl- people that are um, in the game. Elliot Friedman put this on a Thirty Two Thoughts podcast, but like they questioned if he, re- if Patrick Kane really wants to be like, if he goes to a team that he doesn't really 
you know, want to go to because everyone knows that he wanted to go to New York. And when they got Vladimir Tarasenko, he wasn't going to New York. And everyone thought he wanted to go to Toronto, but when they got Ryan O'Reilly, he's not going to Toronto. So it Dad, how do you, how do you think he feels, Joe? Keep getting passed over, passed over, passed over. I, I personally am enjoying it because I, I know who the guy is, but um what do you think of that? I mean Good I like point. I, I like Patrick Kane as a player. I don't know if he would listen, I think I don't I think he would like to play in Detroit. And honestly, I mean he did play in Detroit for a little bit with the Little Caesars. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're going back some years now. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's always it's you always hear of kids coming back to the area that they've they've first made a name for themselves. So, I mean, Patrick Kane made a name for himself here, but you know the team I'm worried about him going to, like very that- worried, very worried that he goes to this team is his uh... is his hometown, Buffalo. Okay. Because okay. Buffalo has a ton of cap space, and they could get rid of some players that that they got a deep prospect pool, and they could say, "Whatever, let's go for Patrick Kane." Now, do I think they're gonna do it? No, because they're 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 just like the Red Wings; they're kind of floating in that playoff race, and you know, between being a young team and trying to compete and just trying to get in the playoffs. But that would be the team I'd be worried about because. It would obviously take a, a lot to get him there, but I think that I think going back to your hometown could re- really reignite what you think you lost. And you know, you said something about went, being wanting to be there. I think that's the key. That's a key part. I mean, you hear with the Lions players that they want to come back t- to Detroit because they think that they have a situation where they can win. And you even had coaches come back that had, were head coach prospects for NFL jobs, and they said we're building something special here. So. Guys that want to come back on their own accord, that means more than anything that you can ever imagine because that means that you got franchise consistency and you got sustainability for the long term. That's right. That's right. And I think that's going to be key for the Red Wings, not only this year, but certainly uh, for the foreseeable future. So when we're talking about not just being a flash in the pan, not just just having one impress you know impressive season we're talking about creating a legacy and i think that's what stevie is looking to do anyway i don't think he was ever looking to be a a one-shot hero i think he was looking he's looking to build the second legacy uh and one that he can leave and say he built it as a captain and as a player and now he's built it as a gm and uh that's you know he's going to go out a winner uh there's no doubt about it and he's laying the groundwork for that so um it'll be an exciting exciting thing to watch this year um, we'll see how those matchups go against Boston. You know, I've been talking about it, Joe. I'm looking forward to seeing those games. I'm obviously going to watching everything in between, but, but, but those two games, I am very keyed in on. Yeah. It's a, it's a very interesting stretch because one of the teams that you're playing, one of the teams that you are competing for a wild card with, they just had a significant loss and that's Matthew Barzell of the New York, New York Islanders. You can say anything about the New York Islanders, but, that's the last thing they need is offensive talent getting hurt and being hurt for indefinitely. So whenever you hear the word indefinitely, not good, not, not good. good. And, and and I like the Red Wings' chances because if you look at their schedule, I mean, between Boston, they have a couple teams that they can, they can make some ground on. I mean, look at, you're going to have Philadelphia, 
in Philadelphia. They're they're just humming along. They're not a great team. You could beat them. You got the disaster in Chicago. You after the Boston's two Boston games, you got Nashville who listen, I don't care what anybody says, that team is a total disaster. They dumpster fire was what came to mind for me, Joe. Dumpster fire. It's not a dumpster fire yet, but their coach is an absolute invalid. He's like he's blashful on steroids. Not just the way that he coaches, but like the way that they play the game is so on Nashville. Like they got one of the best defensemen in the league, and they're playing like a bunch of invalids. It's just unbelievable. And then you after Nashville, you got Colorado, which is that's a tough game. But then you got Florida, St. Louis, St. Louis, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh, and, and then that's that's a that's a stretch you can make a run on. Like you're gonna have some games, and then in April you're gonna have. You know Montreal, and you're gonna have Buffalo. So you're gonna have a head head matchup against Buffalo. So, listen, if I'm the Red Wings, I feel like I'm in a good spot, and we're gonna make some momentum here. And the next four games are gonna be critical for which way the season goes. Because if you look at that middle stretch in March, I mean, they could they could really do some damage. I think they're gonna really make people understand that they're legit. I really do. Um because they're coming up against some very tough competition. I know that it certainly opened some eyes when they beat Edmonton. Uh, and, and for people who thought they were a flash in the pan there, they, they backed it up and beat Calgary. So I think um, here's, here's, what, here's what you want to know, okay? Here's what you want to know. They go to play New York tomorrow, and they make a statement tomorrow, or they play Tampa Bay, and they make a statement there, or God forbid they win both games. You better You better believe that the national media – they're going to take notice because, first of all, let's let's be honest right now. New York Rangers are the darling of anything national media market because right. they are a New York team that play in one it's of the, the most, New York market. It's they play in one of the most famous arenas in, in in pro sports, Madison Square Garden. They got a they got a dube of an owner, but they are a good. They're a good hockey team, coached by Gerard Gallant, who is a former Red Wing. And yep. if you can beat them, because people are penciling the Rangers into, you know, Stanley Cup contention, and this is a year because they got Igor Shosturkin and they got their their they got Tarasenko. If you can beat them, and then let's say God forbid you beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, like you just proved a point to everybody, because those are the two teams that people are gonna look at and go, holy shit, the Red Wings beat the Rangers, they beat the Lightning, right. There's no, there's no better way to go about it than than to go beat those teams because, listen, anybody can beat the freaking Chicago Blackhawks. Anybody can beat the St. Louis Blues right now. Anybody can beat the Nashville Predators. But if you go out and you beat a team like the New Yorks, the Tampa Bay's, the Boston's, you're on, you're on the right stretch. Like, and you beat Toronto, so you can play up to that level. And I, and that's the way you got to play against New York and Tampa Bay. It'll be exciting next week when we and, do this show, Joe. I'm looking forward to it. And don't think that Coach Alone is gonna is is not gonna harp on that because the way they played Tampa, the way they played Toronto when they came to, to LCA, which I was at, and that was a freaking great game. The way they played Toronto that game is the way they got to play against Tampa and they got to play against New York. And it's that physical, muck it up, don't let anything get outside the zone, and just and just get some shots on that and. That's what happens, and that's exactly the game they're going to play against these two teams. And I think they're going to win one of them, and I think they're going to sweep the Ottawa Senators. You know what? I think I think they're due against the Senators also. I think they are going to take the Senators. I do. Um, 
that that's one that uh well I, I look at the senators i look at the senators they just lost their goaltender for the year he yeah. tore both knees when have you heard of a goalie turn, turn tearing both, both of his right. knees up like i'm like holy mother god what did this guy do to like hex himself like did he break a mirror like purposely because <laughs> like I've never heard of a guy tearing both knees at the same time. It's it's unbelievable. Like I'm just. Like, I think certainly. Shit. Feel bad for him because it really does put a, a career in jeopardy for a uh, for a goalie. A uh, goaltender, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, gonna need, yeah, you're yeah. gonna need those knees, and uh, it's not. It's yeah. Not, not easy coming back off a knee injury for a goaltender because your your knees are vital to your the way that you play. Well, and speaking of which, that's the other key component that is going to be absolutely essential for the Red Wings and their success going forward is they've got to stay healthy. They've got to stay yep. healthy. So let's hope we got all of the injuries and everything out of the way early in the season, and now we're making this big push. Everybody has is healthy. Everyone stays healthy. Uh, I think we've just got a really, really great shot at it, Joe. Before, I can't wait before, to talk before, next week. Before we leave, though, I have one thing that I have to run by you, though. Oh, boy. This is unexpected. As a goaltender, I need yeah. I need someone to step up in that second that second goaltender role. And no, it can't be Hallberg because this guy's been on more teams than uh, than uh, you know Jennifer Anderson's had boyfriends. Like, what the shit? <laughs> like he can't he can't play. He I, I'm telling you right now, this guy gives him the softest goals I've ever seen in my entire life. Like I'm pretty sure you can go down to Detroit. And there's a there's a guy in U13 for the Little Caesars hockey team that is probably better at not letting in soft ass goals like this this guy. There's a reason this guy's been on 40 different teams in the past like two years. Like it's well, it's, it's time to bring up net. Like just bring that up. Like I put that. They graphic don't have a up. choice. I put that. They graphic, don't have a choice. I put that graphic up of you know the the guy using the boombox and and while you know Ned's staring out the window, listen. It's got to be a total – Stevie Y's got to go to Grand Rapids, put the boom box out of Ned's apartment, and be like, let's let's go home. Let's go home. <laughs> I don't think they have a choice. I think I think they have to do that. They're going to have to do that uh, because Billy Huso, they can't burn him out uh, going yeah. into the playoff run. They're going to they're gonna have to have a backup, and I don't think that Halberg is, is going to be the guy. I think Ned is definitely the better chance there. I He's gotten back to Grand Rapids. He's gotten some confidence back. Hopefully, they the bring him back way, to the NHL. Only, ice. The, the only way they don't sweep the Ottawa Senators is if Helberg starts to one of those games and he he just lets in. That's my worst fear. Is on a back to back. Yo, I'll tell you. On a the only other option, Joe. Oh my gosh! Only other option to solve the problem is if Stevie Y is a buyer for a goalie at the trade deadline. I don't know where he'd get them though. I don't. I really don't. Everybody's got goalie problems, yeah, so I don't know where everyone, he'd get everyone one. Everyone needs a damn goalie. So I mean, it's you, you right. Think it'd be, you think it'd be easy to get a goalie, but holy crap, no, it's not. I think Ned can come up, and yeah. I think I think the way he's played in Grand Rapids, I think he's ready to come up. I just you said about the Boston series about being, uh, you know, a key part of the season. Mm-hmm. I can't go into that game on a back to back and put Fuso in both those games. You know they're going to have to put the backup goaltender maybe in Boston or maybe when they come home. And I just can't imagine Halberg going against Poshnok. Like, I will literally lose my – I will puke my brains out. 
Like I, that's, <laughs> that's that is probably one of the Sundays or the Saturdays I'll be like, listen, Jenna knows that this is a playoff race, so she she's all she's all aware because I said, listen, if they win one of the two against the New York Rangers or Tampa, the car the the truck flag is going up. You know, the Red Wings flag is going up in the truck. There you go. And that's I right. and I and I told I told her I said, listen, that Boston that Bo- that weekend they play Boston. There's gonna be one game I'm not gonna watch because if Helberg's in that, I'm not watching that game. There's not. <laughs> that guy. Oh that, come on. That guy. Joe, you, so you gotta take the 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 bad with the good. You gotta take the sour with the sweet. It's the way it is. That okay. That guy going against Pashnak and Marshawn and and DeBrusque and Taylor Hall. Hell to the no. It's like it's like putting um an average Joe to tackle Derrick Henry. Like you know what's gonna happen. The guy who's average Joe is going to get decapitated. It's going to be over. <laughs> He's going to be done. He's going to get thrown well, all the way from Tennessee to uh, to California. Like it's you, you talk about the spy balloon. That's going to be someone who tries to tackle Derrick Henry. That's exactly what putting Helberg in the net against Boston is going to be like. Someone. Well, look, we know that that's where they're weak. We the if the. Wings Listen, are going to fall apart anywhere along if the, the way. Chinese were sm- if the Chinese wanted to do any good by any of us, strap Telberg in that one of those Chinese spy balloons <laughs> and just let it run its course. You're terrible. That's a terrible thing to say. Well, you know, I was going to say something else, but that would require uh, strapping a rocket to him, but that wouldn't be good either. Oh, my goodness. Look, I think. I haven't reached that point. They certainly I, I have to have. I haven't reached that point where I said strap a rocket to him because I said that about Matt Patricia. And I refuse to say that about anybody else because you know how I feel about Matt Patricia. You know the I former do. Lions coach. That's serious stuff. It, I, when I say strap a rocket to him, I listen. That's that's grounds for I just can't stand this guy, and I don't care what happens. Just send him on his way. That means you never ever want to see him again. Um, I think okay, so. Steve has to be taking a look at his playoff picture going, all right, this is going to be an issue. And I believe he is making a plan for that, what that's going to be. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I would have to think at this point, uh, he has some limit His options in this area are very limited. Uh, I think they're, therefore he's going to have to bring up Ned. Um, now the question I'm going to have is, is he going to bring him up before the postseason, uh, or is he going to bring him up? He's going to wait and then implement that tandem during the first round of the playoffs. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. And we'll see, too, if he is able to pull a rabbit out of his hat at the trade deadline and, and pull a trade for somebody. I, I don't know even who the possibility would be, but Stevie knows more than we do. And so uh, we, that's we, the other thing. Stevie, I Stevie's a magician because what he's done to the St. Louis people is unfair. I mean, they probably think of him as, uh, you know, they probably think of him as a bad man, like a, a boogeyman. Because, like, I was listening to uh, St. Louis Talk Radio when they traded O'Reilly because I just wanted to hear, like, the shit show that was going on. Yeah. This, this one caller calls up, and he, you know, he sounds like typical hockey fan. He goes, we traded Billy Huso to the Red Wings. We traded Sunquist to the Red Wings. We traded Wallman to the Red Wings and let Perron go to the Red Wings and we got Nick Letty and Thomas Grice. <laughs> exactly. 
I was like, you know what? That's that's a notch for CDY because he's now on talk radio. Talk, you know, people saying, "What the hell is going on?" You know, I I just I thought oh. that was I thought that was hilarious. That's that's the opportunity for us to say my GM is better than your GM. Mm. Yeah, well, you know what? Stevie Rye has proven himself, and I think all these people saying uh, they should put Tyler, him taking Tyler Bertuzzi off the block is is a irresponsible move. Go fly a kite. Just shut up. No, that was a smart. That was it, a smart it's, move. It's, the smart it, move was exactly that. You have to go and make the playoffs, and if you're in, you have a shot to make the playoffs. That means more to a franchise than any other thing, because let's be honest, if we're going to look at the business side of the hockey equation, uh, I'm pretty sure they want to get that that LCA full for a playoff game. I think it's been too long since we not have not seen playoff hockey in Detroit. I mean, what are we going on, six years? I mean, that's a long time for Red Wings fans. I mean, let's just be honest. We were, we were very... Spoiled. We were spoiled. <laughs> And uh, we are we are like one of those spoiled rotten kids. I just want my convertible. Uh, you know what we're like now. We're like Veruca Salt in uh, Willy Wonka. I want it now, Daddy. Wait. I want it now. What's that? What's that? Uh, what's that lady? Uh, the, the the lady that played in Full House that uh, tried to get her kid into USC by paying. Uh, she was in Full House. Right. What's her right. name? Yeah, that's exactly what's I like. I can't remember her name. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know her name either. She, she was, she looks the same as she did in Full House, which is pretty amazing. But when you got money, you, know, you can do whatever you want. But it, I'm just saying. But like, listen, that's exactly what it's like. Mommy, get me in the USC. It's like, damn, I gotta pay some money to get this kid in the USC. Like he's so dumb, I can't. He can't get in the USC by himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, Joe, it's been an awesome show this week. As always, I love talking to you. I love talking Red Wings hockey. Everybody's got to make sure you want to stay on top of this. You're going to want to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter. Twitter. Uh, Yep, follow Detroit Red Wings News powered by IQ. Follow Between the Whistles Detroit where you get all Detroit sports, one-stop shop. And uh, we are your hometown team. So, Joe Chapp and Cindy Berry, that's who you want to be listening to to take you through these playoffs. Yeah, especially with the playoff push. It's it, you know what it, you know yes. what calling, you know what we're calling this, Cindy. What are we calling it? PPB baby, playoff push baby. Let's go. Let's go. All right, we will see you guys next week on another episode of Red Alert. Obviously, the Red Wings play the Rangers, the Lightning, Ottawa twice. So we will see you next Wednesday as we'll talk over those four games and hopefully we're talking about three wins or two wins and a, a point in one of them. That would be great, but if they won all four of them, I wouldn't be mad either, Cindy. I think that would be the best-case scenario. We will see you then. Yeah, we will see you guys next Wednesday on another episode of Red Alert. Subscribe on Apple and uh, give us a rating. Uh, Apple likes when people give us ratings. I know we're pretty good, but just give us a rating. Tell us you like us. if you don't YouTube, like- make sure make sure you're following us on YouTube because we are going to be putting video up, but you got to be ready for it because you'll yep. not want to miss it. We got a lot of Red Wings content coming, and if you're a Lions fan, we got a lot of Lions content. Tigers, Pistons, Michigan, Michigan State. Just stay tuned to the Between the Whistles YouTube page. We'll put that in the link below on the app uh, on the podcast, and then you can go uh, subscribe to it on YouTube. We will see you guys next week on another episode of Red Alert. See you then.